0: and a welcome to this part of this service so good to see each one and uh, welcome all the visitors and uh, I can't name them all but the court is good to see you again and uh, I was thinking earlier poor guy last time we was here I was also preaching you might want to hear someone else um, but that's okay it's it's the way it is um Lord told me to make the right decision. I was debating. As they were singing, there was a message flowing through my mind. I just want to wing it or do I want to go on with the other message but it'll be later but I'm going to share part of it at least I feel God has laid it on my heart about this tree you know throughout the Bible we've we've read the parables we've heard of the parables about the soil and the seed What's the main focus in that parable? Is it not that it brings forth fruit? It's not so much the type of seed. And yes, we need good soil. But the ultimate desire from God is that we bring forth fruit. And... You know, last time I shared a little about the accepting Jesus Christ and that we shouldn't, you know, I don't know if that's the best term to use, because it does not mention that in the Bible. We receive him, but how do we receive him? Now, my mind's blank on that Scripture. For those who have received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God, who believe in his name. It's the believing is what actually is how we receive Jesus Christ. And when we receive Jesus Christ, that is when we, we receive life. When he asks us to, you abide in me and I in you, and you shall bear fruit, for long for a long time i have struggled with that it's just how is that abiding but it's when we receive him we receive everything that pertains to life because he is life eternal life and if when he comes it's with his spirit and he witnesses with my spirit. So that is how I abide in him, is my spirit is abiding in His spirit, and we are one. And it, when, if that is the condition that I am living in, I will bear fruit. The Bible promises that. What I fear today. There are so many beautiful trees, but fruitless. We must, we must abide in Jesus Christ. We must receive him by believing in the precious son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And folks, uh, everlasting, the uh, eternal life does not start when we die. If we receive Jesus Christ, that is when the eternal life starts. It'll only get better when we die. We are only experiencing it in part. That's what's burning in my heart. There's about all these beautiful trees, but we're missing the point. Let's stop focusing on how beautiful we look in the Christian terms. How right we look. And let's stop trying so hard and surrender. Believe that it's only through Jesus Christ. He's The vine. We are the branches. And if we abide in him. When we, and I I guess it kind of goes with this, and I will try and hurry. Is, um, it goes with this being meek. Is when we understand our position that we have in Christ. That all power is given to us. The demons must obey us in the name of Jesus. Meek, being meek is not weak. It is strength. It's strength or the authority under control. Here we go, I got an answer. Today we're going to continue in our series in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. We just might do some speeding today. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, is what we're going to focus on. See, it's impossible to really explain or have one word that explains that um, pros, the word that was used for meek. It has the idea of proper balance between anger and indifference, of a powerful personality, personality properly controlled and of humility. Meekness is the power to absorb adversity and criticism without lashing back. It could be translated this way. Blessed is the man who has every instinct, every impulse, and every passion under control. Blessed is the man who is entirely self-controlled. And remember, an attribute of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. We're not going to do it on our own. Well, we can. But it's not pleasing to God. That's not bearing fruit. It's only when it's accomplished through the Spirit. Then, uh, excuse me, Jesus was an example. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This was God. Jesus had the authority, could have eliminated all this. But he he submitted himself. He kept his authority under control. He said, I am meek and lowly. That was his meek. I mean, he submitted himself to the authority that God had over him because God had sent him for this. The meek show willingness to submit and work under proper authority. It's, it shows a willingness to disregard one's own rights and privileges. So this one is meek before God in that they submit to his will and conform to his word. Make before men in that they are strong, yet also humble, gentle, patient, and long suffering. You see, through the first three Beatitudes, we notice the natural man would not find any happiness in being um my mind went blank. In spiritual poverty and mourning and in meekness. The natural man does not find joy in that. And this blessed means like an extreme happiness. And it does not rely on the circumstances. It's, it's a, a happy that is to be envied. Is what this blessed is. Because we're in Christ. It must come... From Christ in you I could expound some more up we'll keep going these are only a blessing for the spiritual man those who are a new creature in Jesus so as we go through the Beatitudes I guess the main question we should maybe ask is um, what does this Beatitude have to do with God And throughout scripture, we read and we learn that in all things, he wants to be glorified. So in our meekness, it's that he is glorified. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. For me to live is Christ. Ouch. A meek person understands this. David also understood what it means to be meek. So turn with me to Psalm thirty-seven. I'm going to start reading in verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good, so that thou shalt dwell. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves, in the abundance of peace. I believe this is where Jesus was really kind of referring to. And in the Old Testament, I'll bring it out now, they shall inherit the earth was more like a lump lump deal as they shall inherit the whole. It's kind of what it used to mean. So let's try to put this together in a portrait of the meek. First, <clears throat> they trust in the Lord. Meek people begin by trusting God. They believe that, his, that he will work for them and vindicate them when others oppose them. Biblical meekness is rooted in the deep confidence that God is for you and not against you. I'm going to try and steal my notes. They delight in the Lord. David advised the people of God to replace worry and envy with a conscious delight in the Lord. This means to cheer one's heart and mind by considering and by faith receiving the multiple goodness and blessings of God. It it includes a deliberate redirection of one's emotions, such as Paul and Silas in prison when they were singing and praising when they were actually on death row. They were delighting. Okay, next they commit their way to the Lord. Meek people commit their way. Now this word commit really means to roll. See, when we discover the trustworthy of God, knowing that we can trust Him, now we, we roll all our... Anxieties, you know, our, our business, problems, relationships, health, fears, frustrations, we roll it onto the Lord. We just commit it to Him. Because after all, He's the one we can trust. They admit that they are insufficient to cope with the complexities and pressures and obstacles of life. And they trust that God is able and willing to just sustain them guide them and protect them. Then we rest in the Lord. Easier said than done and wait for Him. This is the hard part. But meek people are quiet or still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. First they discover that God can be trusted, then commit their way, then they rest patiently now this doesn't mean that you just become lazy and you're free of frenzy no there may still be some anxiety inside but we're still resting in the Lord there's a kind of a steady calm that comes from knowing that God is omnipotent that he has their affairs under his control and that he is gracious and will work throughout for our best. It was hard driving up and seeing my pickup front end just demolished and just resting. There's We have feelings at times. It's just, Lord, why now? And it's why me again but when we stop and think why not me again if this draws me closer to him bring it on I mean if I if I was starting to trust my finances that I was having in savings if God had to take it this way because I needed to get another truck if that's what it takes that I continue to trust in him take it Lord I don't want it because I want to trust him. I don't want to blindly start trusting in my own self because it is so easy to be snared in that trap and it's so hard to get out. And there's numerous just on and on and on things that have happened, however, it causes us to keep trusting. We were young married, had a daughter, had to have cesarean because she was breech. And in all this thing that was going on, she was born with pneumonia. So she was in intensive care for three months, three days, sorry. Then, six months later, mom had a stroke. Four months after that, we were in an accident. I was off of work for eight weeks. supposed to be 12 weeks. Finally on the rebuilding, then I was laid off for a year. Finally in the rebuilding. Finally where we've got a little bit of comfort. Gone. But that's okay. If that's what it takes all my life so that I am found worthy because I have trusted him Bring it on, Lord. But it's just a constant, constant, but it's something I have to learn. And it's, Lord, make me be the best student that you have because I want to learn whatever you're trying to teach me. And not point the finger and blame of, you know, why this and why that? You know, I could have questioned James Well, why didn't you start slowing down? But he crossed the bridge at 45. What's wrong with that? But it was just that heavy boat just kept on pushing him. He couldn't stop. He couldn't couldn't help it. Now, would it have helped for me to just give him an earful? It would have helped nothing. Because it wouldn't have changed a thing. Then, it had been bad feelings yet. I'm not bragging that I helped that I controlled my tongue I'm not bragging on that but it was God doing that but God was just showing me this stuff is just temporal and in one second it can be taken I am the God who gives and I am the God who takes never get attached to it I never knew I was attached to that rusty Chevrolet but I was I battled I didn't even want my new truck I have I hope the rabbit is caught on that trail. Whoa. And I'll just, instead of turning to it, Moses. When Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? They were fretting. Where we think that Moses would maybe start defending himself. The scripture says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And if you continue reading. um, Something happened or not. Sounds like I'm not on. It's on again. I had the thing closed. Didn't hit the button, but some way, somehow. Anyway. Moses did not have to worry about defending himself. See, it was God came and he rebuked. Miriam and Aaron, and then, you know, she, she had gotten leprosy, and then Moses, after he was kind of accused or whatever, he turns around and prays that the Lord, pleased with the Lord that he would heal her now. That's meekness. Moses kept his authority under control. There was no lashing out, no lashing back. He understood that vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. We don't have to. Meekness is slow to give place to wrath. James... So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive the meekness of the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So the other point is, they are teachable. The meek are teachable. Regardless if you're in authority, you can always be taught. This person is slow to speak and quick to listen. You know, this person recognizes the limitations of his own knowledge and the fallibility of his thinking, and so is eager to listen and learn anything valuable that he can. If he hears something new or contrary to his own view, his first reaction is not resistance. He listens and considers. And when it comes to the Word of God, he receives it in meekness. So, to receive the Word with meekness means we don't have a resistant, hostile spirit when we are being taught. You know, sometimes, if we're not careful, if someone has a different meaning than I have, there can. There can be an argument, but there should never be an argument over the Word of God. The Word of God stands alone. We need to share it, but it will never, ever pass away. We don't have to defend it. It will stand into eternity. So don't argue. A meek person is willing to listen. We can say and bring other scriptures in, but don't stand there and get red-faced and argue. That's not Christ. Meekness begins when we put our trust in God. When we trust God, we delight in him. Then because we trust and delight in him, we commit our way to him. We roll onto him our anxieties, frustrations, plans, relationships, jobs, and our health. Then we wait patiently for the Lord. We trust his timing, his power, and his grace to work things out in the best way for his glory and for our good. Excuse me. We allow him to teach us by his word. The result of trusting God and the rolling our anxieties onto God and waiting patiently for God is that we don't give way to quick and fretful anger. Meekness begins with God and ends with God and therefore whenever we see a person like that we give God the glory and the aim of Jesus in this Sermon on the Mount is accomplished. We can only be meek willing to control our desires for our rights and privileges because we are confident because of the promise that God watches out for us and that he will protect our cause. The promise they shall inherit the earth proves that God will not allow his meek ones to end up on the short end of the deal. That's not saying we don't lose money or whatever. God is still going to be there providing for us. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. One writer wrote, I had only to look upon it all as the sun shone upon it, and then to look up to the heaven and say, My Father, this is all thine, and therefore it is all mine. For I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So in this sense, the meek of man inherits the whole they shall inherit the earth. I want to share one more thought about the inheriting the earth. Jesus may have been looking ahead to the new earth. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And will be his God and he shall be my son. All this being said. You know there's going to be a new earth. And a new heaven. And we're going to reign with him. Jesus Christ. God will bless and multiply the work and ministry of all those who are meek. Both in this life and the life to come. Whatever he was talking about. I stand assured on the word of God that God will bless and multiply in this life and in the life to come. We are his people and we are taken care of. If we are in Christ, if we believe in Jesus Christ. (coughs) Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. Thank you for all the visitors today. Thank you for just blessing us with many things today. Songs and um, praises and prayer requests. And uh, Father, it's all about you. So Father, through all this, through our worship today and through our hearing from you today may you be glorified in everything and father where there is someone who may have been convicted of just being a nice tree and not bringing forth a bearing fruit lord I pray that you would ignite the fire And just draw that person to you, Lord, and that they could believe in you, believe in the name of Jesus Christ, and receive him, because that is where life begins. We pray in Jesus' name.